Hey guys, so we're here with Dawn again to continue kind of the subject about hearing things that aren't necessarily said in situations. Dawn, you want to introduce yourself? Sure, my name is Dawn Marie, and uh, I am an intuitive coach and uh, spiritual healer, shifter. I help you empower yourself to release trauma or blocks that are keeping you from living your authentic life and really knowing who you are. And you can contact me at heartandsoulsanctuary at gmail.com. You can also look at my website. I have a holistic center in Flagstaff, Arizona at heartandsoulsanctuary.com. And you can reach out and text me right now. I'm kind of old school for an appointment or to talk. Text me at 928-864-8088. Perfect. Okay. So um, on the last podcast, we were talking about um, kind of my own struggle with uh, anxiety and I would have these panic attacks when my my first daughter was being raised. Um, I just had a, honestly, a hormonal. So what happens when we feel anxiety so often is just chemically speaking is we have, actually we can get addicted, which we had another podcast about that epinephrine hit of that adrenal. And so what happens is your body gets really used to experiencing experiencing anxiety or overwhelm or depression. And so it's just like, Oh, we have this emotion. So we're going to go back to that because we know it very well. Right. Mm -hmm. What happens though, is over time of doing that, your body does get addicted to it because it's very um, known to it. And it, because it becomes comfortable experiencing it, even though it's a negative emotion, that's not very fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And experiencing that for so long. And I mean like decades But what can happen is, especially through pregnancy, where there is already a hormonal shift, is you can create a hormonal shift in your body chemistry um, when it comes to, like, feeling emotions like that. And that's where antidepressants and stuff are necessary because your brain is no longer firing the neurons in a healthy way. Um, And being able to fix that hormonal change and stuff like that when it comes to a physiological level. So when I had her, I had postpartum psychosis, which is a hormonal shift that causes depression. Therefore, a lot of the panic attacks started to occur. I physically like couldn't get up, like stuff like that. My daughter experienced a lot of me yelling because I just was trying to work out this internal um, hell I was experiencing from the postpartum psychosis. Um, So often I would scream at her and we were talking about... um, you, you talking about inner child work and visualizing the experiencing go, going a different way or what you needed to hear as a child that your parents maybe never said to you. Um, and it got kind of on that subject of, can you learn to hear what that person is actually saying, but not being spoken in words, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think as children, you know, we come right from God's source. And so, we know what unconditional love is and we know how we perceive things, but then we're told through conditioning and experiencing the human experience that, um, we, that, that doesn't work in this realm of existence. So we kind of shut all of those senses down, which we call our intuition, which is really a connection to higher self and soul. And it's really just being an open channel to your own power. And so we shut that down. And so then we lose all of those. 
And then we're only navigating from our conscious mind, which is really just an operational tool to allow the body to function and for us to go through life. But now we're living in our conscious mind, totally disconnected from self. And that affects hormones and everything that you talked about as well and leads to depression and so on and so forth. Um, but when we can um, shut all of that down, which sounds really harsh, but when we let go of how or, or at least being aware of how we're reacting to our outside world, we start to realize that we're reacting constantly to keep us safe rather than interacting with life and so when we realize that and and say okay i'm going to have some clarity and discernment i'm going to understand what's really going on instead of taking everything for face value that i'm hearing that's really when we can sift through um what we're reacting to and see it for what it is. Um, and so when you can understand that people and how they react to you has nothing to do with you, it's where their soul is at with what they've experienced in life and how they've perceived it, as well as it's scientifically proven that it comes through our genetics and DNA, a lot of our thoughts, feelings, emotions, and reactions. So when you understand that a person is reacting to you through all of these filters, you understand that when somebody yells or screams at you, it's not because of you and who you are. It's because of who they are and what they're perceiving and how they're perceiving it. Then you can see through the words that are being spoken and the way they're being spoken. And you can really authentically see the person and where they're at. And you can understand how to communicate or go without communicating or how to react in the situation, being interactive with it in a space of peace rather than in a space of panic and trying to keep yourself safe and anxiety or trying to blame yourself for something that had nothing to do with you. Yeah. So, sense? oh, perfect. Yeah. So um, for me, I always, I tell clients like, your root cause is always a fear, right? So if you know, if it's a negative emotion, if it's a positive emotion, it's clearly love. Like we just have different outcomes from either. Um, but if your underlying emotion is either fear or love, and if it's negative, you have to ask yourself to get down to the root is what am I fearing in this current situation that I'm negatively being triggered, right? Uh -huh. um, so doing that for others, can I see somebody else's model? And what's really amazing about psychology positive psychology is when you <clears throat> learn your your own models are really really hard because they're so close to you uh -huh. to be able to be aware of right uh -huh. but when you start to apply that for yourself and you're able to subconsciously see how you react and what you're making things mean um it's really easy it starts to become really easy to see other people's models um outside of us because you have no personal attachment to it normally and um, so being able to sit there, like just with that situation with my own child, I mean, she's 12 now, and so, but I can remember sitting on the freaking kitchen floor, just crying and screaming and she's not understanding. She doesn't know how to react. Right. And here I am as her like primary caregiver. And 
this is where attachment styles come into play is by 18 months, how you receive love is kind of set in stone. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't change that, but it's definitely like has a play and impacts how you are willing to accept and receive love until you become aware of it. Right. Uh And if I'm screaming at her and I'm supposed to be the one that loves and encourages her and nurtures her as a primary caregiver, that is going to cause a um, unsecure attachment style because I'm not safe. Right. Uh Um, Because she feels rejected. Um, I can sit there and play the memories back in my mind and know now that I have these tools that I was fearing I was a bad mom. Right. And so I had all this fear about messing her up as a child. And what's sad is that subconscious fear then became a reality. Right. Not that she's messed up, but I started screaming at her in that fear that I was going to be a bad mom. Well, I was proving myself right. Right. By reacting in that way, because our thoughts become our reality. Sure. Sure. Because, um, you know, in the spiritual world and, and now just as a whole, everybody's all positive, positive, positive um, to create, but nobody really talks about um, the oh, negative the yeah. and how negative creates. They yeah. just talk about how to release the negative, but you, in order to release the negative, it has to be created. So why not get to the root cause and not create it so you don't have to release it? And so just as much as you manifest things like, say, a vacation, and you plan it out and you get all excited about it and you make it happen and it turns out great or almost the way you expected, that's because of you manifested it. You planned it. You created you it. You were excited about it. You were created it. And it's in the same way. If you're worrying about a situation or you're fearful of a situation, you're planning that experience just like you planned your vacation. Unintentionally, right? But how many of us are manifesting negative situations because we've worried about them or played them out in our head to how we would react to them when they haven't even happened yet? And then we create the exact same situation, right? Exactly. And, 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 and all realms, they say that positive is so different from negative, but it's really not. It's a different frequency. Yes, but it's the same thing. They both have the same power. And so when we realize that and we realize what we don't want to create, instead of saying, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, making a plan of, of, what steps can I take so that this is void in my life? Well, instead of worrying about it. So what steps can I take to empower my child rather than I don't want to create this for my child. So I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do that. Why not plan something positive in a positive way rather than plan something positive in a negative way? Yeah. I love how this conversation's like led into a different topic. Um, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, we uh, most of us are actually manifesting and creating negative, negative life situations and sabotaging because that's the thoughts and everything that we're giving power to, right? We're sure. doing it whether, subconsciously. Whether we speak to our children about it or not, they're hearing things that are not being spoken. Yes. So if you're like, I don't want to create this for my child. I don't want my child to see me in this light. And then you're saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do that. Your child is saying in order to create something, I have to tell myself what I can't do and cut myself off from who I am. 
and they'll repeat that pattern. But if you're like, I don't want to create this in my child's life. So I'm going to improve myself in this way. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Now your child is like, oh, if I don't want to create this, I need to do not cut myself off and not be. Yeah. And for me too, I, um, my book that's coming out, um, being patient for me next month, it talks a lot about, um, modeling and so the, the whole monkey see monkey do we can speak and say, Oh, you should do this child. This is what you're going to do to get a better outcome. But if we're not applying the same tools ourselves and modeling what we want in our children, they're going to not know how to do that because we never set the example of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and it's in the psychological world. So you would have more of a factor on this, but it's a very small percentage of what you say that people take in. And it's a higher, I think it's like 80% of yeah. your non-actions and your non-verbal is what people perceive. Your body as. language. Yeah. It's only about 30% of the actual words that we um, actually process. And what's crazy about even that low percentage is um, perception comes into play. So you can say certain words and half of people aren't going to hear the same thing coming out of your mouth, just depending on their emotional state. So words are a very small amount of what's happening, but it's your energy. It's how you show up. It's your emotional state that actually impacts how people perceive something. They've done this with um, the bell study of these uh, dogs. They would come into the room and say uh, negative connotations or something, whatever, like stupid dog, but they'd be like, oh, stupid dog. And the dog would be like, oh, (laughs) it's not what you say. It's how you say it. A lot of the times that we're picking up on that energy behind Um, the words, not the actual words themselves. So kind of being able to pick up on that. If you think about it, children are very nonverbal for most of of their life. And then they're learning the English, they're learning their language, whatever whatever language language. it is. But they are still, you're still learning language through high school. So that's a great analogy. I'm still learning it. So I use a lot of words wrong. (laughs) Well, and me too, but I do it with a sense of humor, so I don't beat myself up at all. Um, I totally embrace where I'm at. But um, and and your dog analogy is fabulous because, again, the heard word versus non-heard and seeing beyond that. If you have a dog, say you get from another owner, or you get a dog from a shelter, and you bring the dog home, if the dog growls at you, if the dog powers when you go to pet it if the dog just wants to sit in the corner and doesn't want to be touched you're not taking that personally going oh the dog doesn't like me I'm a bad person um so on and so forth all those things we tell ourselves about another human we have compassion and understanding for the dog we see where the dog's at because there's no language there's no language interfering and then we communicate with the dog on a very nonverbal way to create that trust and love and to help not only the dog heal, but also to create an amazing bond between you and the dog. It's the same thing with children. Like we can, at any stage, we can do something and then in hindsight, look at it and go, oh, I I probably didn't show up the way I wanted to, or my child's reacting to me because I reacted in this way. But it doesn't mean it's irreparable through conditioning, right? Which sometimes we look at it as bad, but it can also be good through showing up differently 
your child realizes, oh, I don't have to do that to be safe anymore. I'm safe just being me because this isn't happening anymore. It's the same thing. So, um, you know, I think when we talked before about, you know, using their imagination to help heal themselves and to help uh, them to empower themselves, it's kind of along the same lines as this as well. Yeah, I love the, it's not the words that you necessarily use, but it's the intent behind them, that energy that you're you're using like behind your words that is that driving factor it kind of comes back down to like that positive psychology of what emotional baseline are you coming from because that's gonna that's gonna dictate your intent that's gonna dictate your actions that's gonna dictate the energy that you're you're living this life in and stuff like that so being able to cultivate and create what emotional baseline you want to come from therefore be able to create the outcomes you want and stuff like that um, I love talking to you on this topic today. Um, do you want to reiterate how people can find you to do more energy work? Sure. They can text me at 928-864-8088. They can email me at heartandsoulsanctuary at gmail.com. Or they can find uh, the website that I'm associated with, the Holistic Center, which is heartandsoulsanctuary.com. Beautiful. It was great to talk to you. Bye, Don. Bye-bye.